Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Welcome to On the Bench. I am Brendan Sinone, and Blake Nicholson is a null. Florida State received a commitment on Tuesday evening from four-star linebacker prospect Blake Nicholson. Uh, he is ranked 132nd nationally at 24-7 sports, 93 overall grade. Uh, someone who was a high priority for the Seminoles for months now. FSU did a phenomenal job closing on him uh, the last two months or so in this process. Shout out to Derek Ray, as well as Randy Shannon, and just a collaborative team effort for getting this commitment for the Seminoles. So for this episode, we are going to break down the commitment of Nicholson, kind of the background of the recruitment uh, for him a little bit, how he fits in at Florida State, what he projects as, and kind of where he's at as a player now, what's he going to become. Uh, I'm joined by Chris Nee, Coach AB, and Kev. We all did a live stream, a watch party. Actually, Chris was kind of like a special guest, uh, but it was great to have him and have his insight into the recruitment. So we're going to take some of the audio from that live stream in which we did a film breakdown uh, and discuss the Blake Nicholson commitment and all the good stuff behind it. You can check that out on the Knowles 24-7 YouTube. Uh, we're going to put that audio here for you guys to listen to because it's basically just a commitment recap of Nicholson. And after a quick commercial break, we're going to have a one-on-one -on -one interview with our very own Trey Rowland and Florida State Offensive Coordinator Alex Atkins. It's a really good, informative interview, only about 15 minutes or so, but I thought Alex was extremely, in listening to the interview, Alex was extremely insightful on aspects of like the, the game planning process, excuse me, process uh, under Mike Norvell. Uh, as well as recapping the Louisville win and whatnot. And, you know, it's Trey, so it's going to be an entertaining, fun, informative podcast. So Blake Nicholson, uh, commitment details coming up. Uh, and then after a commercial break, we will have Trey Rowland with Alex Atkins one-on-one. -on -one. Stay tuned. We got a, do we have a link? We need a link. We need a link. Yeah, so from YouTube? this currently to the board, uh, so our subscribers at Nose Twenty Four Seven can jump on in. I got you, Kev. We're we're going to get that for you, folks. CBS. Yeah, let's get a link. So, so how are you guys? How Brendan? How are you feeling about the recruiting trail? Um, I know there was some pessimism, um, just in general, like taken today out of it. Um, oh, uh, so I mean, this week is an important week for Florida State uh, with Blake Nicholson tonight, obviously, and then Hakeem Williams on Friday. I feel pretty great. Oh, I just got some breaking news, guys. Yep, it's happening. All right, this is official. It's happened. Uh, I was about to say I feel. I was about to say I feel pretty good about Blake Nicholson. I've gotten to now say I feel phenomenally great about Blake Nicholson <laughs> because the top 247 linebacker from California has announced his commitment to the Florida State Seminoles, FSU, just be Oregon 
Uh, Tosh point oh and one versus Florida State on the recruiting trail. Uh, shout out to Derek Gray. Shout out. Maybe oh, can you share the screen for me? Yep. Yeah, there we Shannon. go. Uh, this is a big commitment, fellas. Big time for Florida State to win this one on the trail. I feel good about it, Kev. I feel good to answer your question. Let's, you feel uh, good. good. <laughs> yes. Um, Let's rewind back there so we can watch him put the old hat on and everything if we can. Yeah, he put it Sorry on pretty quickly. That, so he didn't, he didn't make much of yeah, a show that, out of it. That one popped pretty quick, which I love. I had this flashbacks. Gene Lars would be five hour. <laughs> I'm just going to call it a shit show because that's what that was. It was. That was a. That was the last time they had a California kid, AB. That was my fear, too. This was going to go on and on and on, yeah. but. I love it. Let's Straight pause and can we get the audio? Let's pause and can we get the audio for everybody? Oh, oh, oh baby. There's, there's the hat. Chop that shit up there, Blake. Let's go, baby. I can Yes, I can it, act like a fan because I am a fan right now. I can act like a fan for a couple seconds. And yeah, lean into it, guys. It's not every day. It's, it, no, it's not every day you get a top uh, 247 linebacker. Uh, Blake Nicholson's the highest ranked linebacker uh, per the 24-7 sport drink that Florida State has had since. Dontavious Jackson in 2016. It's Holy been a minute. Moly. 2016. That's incredible. 2016. Right. So for those that are joining us a little bit late, yes, he has announced his commitment. Blake Nicholson, the four-star linebacker, is committed to Florida State. He chose Florida He's State an over old. Oregon. Really, this was a Brendan Sinone victory. Um, his crystal ball won this for Florida State. But no, but but seriously, let's let's talk about the process here. Uh, Randy Shannon deserves a lot of love. Derek Ray deserves a lot of love. Brendan, can you kind of break this commitment down for us a little bit? Yeah, so let's start off with with Derek Ray, uh, FSU's general manager. He is from Northern California. I think he's from the same hometown as uh, Blake Nicholson in North California, or at least pretty close to it. So there's some sort of relationship connection there. And obviously, Derek Ray comes from Oregon State, so would have been recruiting that area. So Derek mm-hmm. Ray's connection helps open the door for Florida State. Uh, it's a total team effort. You had Randy Shannon uh, obviously playing a big role in that. He went out to visit Blake Nicholson not that long ago. Obviously, was played a big role with Blake Nicholson visiting Florida State uh, a couple times over the, the offseason. And that was really why I, I put in that crystal ball back in uh, July, August, was that we heard that Blake Nicholson was coming back when the dead period was over, uh, that, that final one before the season started. And that was when it became clear that FSU was really legitimately pushing Oregon for Blake Nicholson. Uh, the fact that you were able to get him out to the East Coast a couple times. Uh, it, it's been explained to us that his family is very much so open to leaving uh, the California area uh, and, and exploring other places to live. So, yeah, this was uh, this is one that was a total team effort. Uh, the entire defensive staff really did a good job on this one. Again, Derek Gray deserves credit for opening the door. Randy Shannon, who's, who's caught some crap. Uh, and, and caught some strays in, in the last six months or so since he's been hired as the linebacker coach. Uh, really, his linebackers are playing well. His recruiting board all of a sudden looks pretty damn solid with two two good linebackers right now. So, uh, yeah, so a, a big-time win for the Seminoles. Yeah, this is massive. Um, they need to continue to get more athletic there. Took Omar Graham. He was the only uh, linebacker commitment in last year's class. A very heady player, very smart, intelligent, understands the scheme, understands where to be, understands the fits. This is more of an athletic player. Um, I think he's going to take a little bit of time. We're, we're going to break down his film. We're going to get into the scouting report, and we're going to let Brendan talk about what he saw in his film here in a minute because Brendan will have an article. It's probably already up on Knowles 24-7, so if you want to go over there, afterward, you're done with us here. Check out all the coverage. 
I believe there is a commitment article with quotes from Blake. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, so there will be an article from Brendan, a scouting report. I'm sure Zach's got all kinds of Intel and, and, and Chris has some stuff up also. Uh, so when you're done with us here, get over to Knowles 24 seven and check that stuff out. Um, but this is a big, this is a big get. He's an athletic player. They need to continue. I mean, we talked about after the Louisville game, uh, how Kalen Deloach's athleticism, even though he couldn't quite keep up with a player like Malik Cunningham, just how crucial it really was um, in what they're trying to do schematically. So getting a guy like Blake Nicholson in here, an athlete like him, he said what he had like four touchdowns the other day in, in his, in his uh, game plays running back for his high school. He, you just need athletes like this in the linebacker position in, in this new age of football. Uh, Brendan, why don't you talk about first what you saw on his tape that you uh, wrote about in your um, scouting report article? You mentioned a name just a few minutes ago, AB, that I see some some shades, some elements of each other's game respectively, and that's Omar Graham Jr., uh, who FSU had as a, as a high-end three-star prospect, but I thought it was a little bit underrated. And the big knock on Omar was whether he could play in space. He was a really good, aggressive, explosive edge rusher, which is super evident on Blake Nicholson's uh, highlight film. Like you see that right off the bat. He's very... Um, very balanced. He's tough to get off the off a spot as a pass rusher. Mm -hmm. Bendy, quick feet, agile, good core strength to where he can absorb blocks. He's 6'3", 200, 200 to 205 pounds right now. So has room to develop and, and, and grow and add more muscle. Probably needs about another 20 to 30 pounds to ultimately be effective uh, at, at the Power 5 level. But what I like <laughs> about him beyond Omar Graham uh, it makes him a higher end prospect than Omar was in my in my estimation. Is we actually have examples in pre at the prep level in his in his prep film of mm -hmm. him playing in space. That's what I like about Blake Nicholson. Yep. He's super comfortable either like defending the slot, uh, being able to drop into coverage, uh, going sideline to sideline. But then the running back element you mentioned, AB, like he was a two thousand yard rusher as a junior. This season, as a senior, they're putting him at wide receiver, just letting him go win jump balls. So that ability to play in space and to defend space, you guys can probably talk about that better than I can. That, that seems like as football continues to evolve with the RPO game and spread stuff, you got to be an athlete at linebacker now. Blake Nicholson is an athlete. Yeah, so we've got the film up here. Um, so we can go ahead and take a look at kind of what, what Brendan was saying about his athleticism. So this is this is his junior film. So this is a year ago, um, but it's for, probably the most comprehensive one we have. At mm -hmm. the for moment. those of you asking in the chat, yes, he has committed. He selected the he selected FSU, so he is an old. <laughs> he committed very quickly in the process. We weren't prepared for it to be that fast. <laughs> yeah, we we were not. <laughs> yeah, so, so they're hey, playing. You go ahead. Yeah, they're playing a lot of what looks like three four. So this was three four. He's kind of playing that outside linebacker role. Um, and this should kind of look familiar because if you watch Florida State's last game, uh, they asked Kalen Deloge to kind of run the field and kind of spy Malik Cunningham. Mm -hmm. And more and more of these linebackers aren't these guys that are just slimmer defensive tackles filling gaps. These guys increasingly have to be almost defensive backs running the field, keeping up with these mobile quarterbacks. Um, it's a game. It's a speed game. And so I think you see a lot of that in this film. So he suplexes the guy. That's the cut I was looking for. <laughs> That's fantastic. Immediate suplex. Yeah, right off the bat. 
Look at he, he still gets the interception here. Wow. Yeah, you, you see the straight line speed. Um, so that's that's not a question. You know, he he's a running back, so you naturally assume he's got that good power. Re- really good Plays with his hands. hand. Really good with yeah. the hands. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I do think that there's some projection here because you don't see him stacked a lot, and that that does give you a level of concern because at the next level he's going to be a stack linebacker. So you wonder how he's going to handle that aspect, being in the box more, um, off the ball. But holy, I mean, moly. just I mean, look at him run. Come he's, on, he's an athlete. Yeah, he, he's a freak show. Um, yeah, they they need more of that in the program. This is the this is the kind of this is the caliber of athlete they've been missing when they've been recruiting the high school level lately. And to get a player like that, now that's a nice little move. They work a little twist game with him there. You see him work inside. They like to see that, but you're not seeing a ton of reading reacting. So I think that that part of his game is going to take a little bit of time to develop. But Randy Shannon's proven he can develop that out of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you see what he's how he's helped Kalen Deloach. He he's helping Omar Graham. Tatum Bethune was a Randy Shannon guy going back to his time uh, before coming to Florida State, and then what they've done here at Florida State. So you like you like what they're going to be able to do. This is a good raw athlete that they're getting in here that they can stack. He's probably he's probably a Mike gonna probably gonna play what Deloge plays, um, yeah. and and you know get him coached up. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think the the concern is the only concern you have with him. I mean, clearly we can sit here and we can gush about his athleticism. It's it pops off the screen. Um, yeah, the only concern is transitioning from this kind of three four defensive end hybrid linebacker to to a stacked linebacker mm-hmm. like you were saying. Um, is a transition that. Uh, you know, like someone like Amari Gaynor is is still kind of going through and trying to learn from. So um, it, it is not an easy transition. But uh, when you have natural tools and athleticism, it makes it makes getting on the field and learning from those things a lot easier. Yeah. And you but you see the power. So the, the, that's some of the stuff that you you start losing from <laughs> concern over. You know, First, sometimes when you see these guys playing outside. The instincts are going to be one thing, but seeing the power, seeing the athleticism, seeing the hips, he's got decent hips for, yeah, for a straight pass rusher. Can so you rewind it to the play right before this one, Kev? Is that that? So this play where he's like, it's in motion. Um, so now it'll be the next play coming up after this one. Okay. But I love the how fluid he changes direction. It's almost by mm-hmm. accident that it happens. But boop, watch yeah. that step. Yeah, foot um, in the dirt. Yep, that's just he's he, aware enough. He's aware enough to jump and bat the ball down. He didn't go for the big hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, do, you get the sense of what kind of football player he is, and that that translates. I mean, I don't care where you, where you're going to put him; he's going to find a way to, to be successful. This is the defensive film too. Like, there's two thousand yard rusher film that we're not watching <laughs> when you talk about right. a football player. That's well put, Av. That he is a football player. But yeah, I mean, you can see by his fluidness and his build that I mean, at a big at a big school in like Atlanta or Miami, you could see a kid his size. And athleticism playing safety, so yeah. mm-hmm. he's lined up at defensive end, but y- you can just see the athleticism on him. I, I think that is one aspect. So I mean, we're we're obviously all very high on this take. He's raked, I think, one hundred and fifty as something by twenty four seven sports. Lower in the two forty five two fifty range in the composite. I'm not sure who's that much lower to be evening that out if we're in the one fifties for him to be in the two fifty range, but. I think we all like him, like what he presents upside-wise. Uh, the two knocks on him right now are, oh, my God, someone's joining us right now. Is that? <gasps> my God! Oh, my God! 
That's Chris Knee's music. What's up, gentlemen? Welcome, <laughs> Chris. Welcome. Get in here, big man. Give us your thoughts. I'm a big old fan of Blake Nicholson. I mean, heck, it's the name I've used for this evening. But, nah, he's a tough kid. He's a hard-nosed kid. He plays both ways. He's effective both ways. I think he's an every-down linebacker. I thought it was interesting Biggins compared him to a guy who could be essentially a linebacker playing safety. I don't think that's a slight as much as I think that's a compliment in the sense of how they compared him to Asa at Washington and his versatility. I think Blake brings a whole lot to the table. Uh, I've loved the senior film. I like the junior film, but I've loved the senior film through four or five games that we've seen. Uh, I'm a big old fan. It's an excellent get for FSU. Uh, it's a position where they've under-recruited for several years. You know, for every guy like uh, Kalen Deloach who has now panned out and turned into something effective, they've had more guys that just didn't turn into what we hoped they would be when they were recruited. I think Blake is a guy that's a pretty high ceiling and a pretty high floor. Curious yeah. wide receiver. You see, yeah, Ooh. just this fluidness. Yeah. And that's senior. This is the senior film Kev is showing that Chris is alluding to. The senior film, like, I, I'm right with Chris. I liked his junior film. I thought it was solid. The senior film's like, oh, that's that's why he's a top 150 prospect. Oh, yeah. Here he is playing safety, literally. Uh, nickel corner kind of deal. So easy. Breaking on a route. Ugh. For those late coming in here, yes, he did choose FSU. And something to add is when Biggins and Huffman are talking about West coast guys, and we, we can attest to this because we've dealt with them a lot and we're always going to miss some. And we're always going to get some, right. That's just a natural order of evaluating kids and how it works. But Huffman and Biggins have done this a long, long time. And they both really like this kid. They're ahead of the industry in the sense of where they value this kid and what they think of them. That's why our company ranks them as highly as they do. And I, I just think both of those guys are very effective at their job, very good at doing their job. And they've done it a long time and seen a boatload of kids. So there's a whole lot of comparisons that they can make, a whole lot of knowledge that they can base it on. And they're kind of, you know, I, I think they're ahead on Blake. I just, yeah. there's a reason we have them in the All-American Bowl and a reason he's in the Poly yeah. Bowl, both yeah. games that we have influence on. In the, in the scouting community, I mean, he checks a lot of the boxes, not to go all Chris Knee here and check Ooh. boxes, but he, he does. He's athletic. He's got a great frame. He's very physical. He shows power. Uh, he's got good hips. I mean, he just he does a lot of he he's he's got a lot of stuff you're looking for when you're looking for a football player. You know, it's Florida State's job to get him on campus, get him in the right position, get him developed. But for the tools that he's bringing and the body style that he's bringing, it's everything that you need out of a football player to be successful. So it makes sense that these guys that have been watching a lot of prospects over the years look at him and say. There's a successful football player in there. Florida State's got to get it out of him. Yeah, I what think. Are, oh, go ahead, Kev. Sorry. I think when you're looking at this tape, you see you see a four-star defensive end as a junior. You see a four-star safety as a senior. You see maybe a three-star wide receiver and running back. You see consistently that this this staff is is not evaluating based off stars, but evaluating based off of. These these kids being football players. I mean, how many times have we seen two way players be high on this staff? Um, and it's it's kind of shown with their relatively high hit rate. I mean, how many how many transfers and freshmen have these guys evaluated that were three stars or or whatever come in and immediately impress? And I think this guy is the epitome of kind of that process. Well, now he's not a three star. He's someone that clearly has four-star talent, but has all those intangibles that you loved out of those three stars that have shined early in their Florida State careers. 
Yeah, and FSU has a lot of hands-on knowledge with him because of Derek Ray. He's from Derek Ray's hometown, Oregon State, as they referenced during the commitment broadcast, was the first Power 5 school to offer him. That offer came when Derek Ray worked at Oregon State. Derek Ray's obviously now the GM at Florida State. Um, so it, it's one of those where it's not like uh, we're just recruiting a kid because he's ranked highly and we think so. It's, it's got a lot of knowledge base that they've done their own personal work on that they like. And Randy Shannon went out there and made an effort and recruited him and built a relationship with him. Derek Gray led this charge, but Randy Shannon did his part as his future position coach. They both deserve compliments for what they did. And the whole staff recruits. I mean, when he comes on campus, Adam Fuller, Mike Norvell, they're involved with it just as much as anybody else. And they do a great job with kids of kind of hosting them, making them feel at home. And he referenced that. He said, you know, in two visits, FSU, it felt like home for him. And he just felt like the coaches were real, 100% straight with him. And I think they were. They had to combat some negative recruiting from the Oregon side in this one. And I think they did a good job of that. You know, they were able to lure a kid across the country, even if his parents are moving across the country, which is certainly a possibility in this case, kind of like A.J. Duffy's family did as well. You know, even if that's in place, still the fact that they were able to take him 3,000 miles away at this point in his high school career when they do live out there, it's significant. When Oregon well, let's, really let's wanted him. Let's stay on that topic, though. They're three and zero right now as a football team. How vital is that to luring a kid all the way across country from California? You talked about the negative recruiting from Oregon. If they're one and two right now, that negative recruiting probably is really sinking in, don't you think? Uh, yeah, certainly. And uh, you know, three and zero is a beautiful thing in the sense that it it lends itself to job security, which is something that people would throw out there if they weren't three, and zero. if they were one and two, it certainly would feel a lot different. Um, I think that Blake had a good idea. It was FSU during his last visit here on campus, just from watching that transpire to some degree from discussing it with him. I think he was fairly confident in that. I know he took the Oregon visit here this past weekend with his girlfriend. I think that was sort of a kind gesture to a school that did make a good recruiting effort with him. It was always Oregon. If it was an FSU, UCLA was kind of throw in there. Um, but no, I think FSU had done a really, really good job with Blake and that he exited the summer knowing it. I know he took, you know, all of August and well into September to reach this point of making yeah. the announcement, but I would say FSU has been clearly the pace car in this thing for the last oh, seven to eight weeks. Yeah. I think this is a good point that's being brought up here by Keith Gordon. So I'm just going to mention it real quick, Dylan Gibbons. And if you guys want to touch more on what, what exactly this is, cause it is, was up on our site. Uh, on Knowles 24-7. Dylan Gibbons is up for an, a service award, uh, and people can go vote for him. Do we know where they can go vote for him? Uh, I actually I put the release up from FSU, I believe it was yesterday. Um, it's for the AFCA team. Uh, yeah. He's one of the 11 guys on it, so it should be in that. I believe it's linked in that. There's okay. also somebody that's mentioned it on the message board. I think they put the direct link right there. Okay. Uh, I'll bump that back up on the message. So make right sure, make sure you guys, if you're ever on the website on Knowles 24 seven, look for that. Go vote for Dylan because I mean, really what he does with his outreach is incredible and he deserves kind of all the votes that he can get. Any other things to touch on with Blake Nicholson? Any, anything else that needs to be said that hasn't been said already? Uh, I think we've talked about his positives, uh, what we really like about him. Uh, let's just talk about, I guess, the things we're looking for for him to improve or what's going to need a little bit of, of work or time for him. I guess I'll start off with he's 200, 205 pounds right now. Probably need another extra 20 to 25 pounds sure. before he can effectively play at the college level. Yeah, I, I think he's got to prove it that he can play in the box. I mean, he's got to prove he can be a stack backer. 
that's what they're going to look for him to be. Uh, he's got to prove some of that read and react. But I, I think what's nice is you're not necessarily going to be asking him to come in and play day one, so he'll have that uh, opportunity to develop. Uh, yeah. Other, what else? What do you got, Kev? I think I think I'm super excited about his coverage. I think when we watched Omar Graham, um, yeah. that was the concern um, in it, and a lot of. Frankly, that a lot of linebackers, that's the concern is how how well are they going to do in coverage? Because in, in the college game, they're going to be schemed against and going to be put in coverage against running backs. Uh, he shows that. I mean, that senior film, he's literally playing. He's playing nickel corner and he's he's out there and he's uh, busting slant routes. So I think that's encouraging. But I, I 100 percent agree with A.B. It is a different skill set to be able to sit in a box, read offensive linemen, read defensive linemen and find the gap and, and fill it. And uh, really his ceiling is going to be determined almost exclusively at how, how quickly he can develop that mm-hmm. trait. In a spread happy league, he's a good kid that fits what a lot of schools do. Absolutely. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Amen. And and the fact he's played running back so much, I just, I love that. I love guys that play two ways because I just think it kind of, it brings out a toughness in them. But in his case, I think the running back experience it helps him be a better linebacker because so often you're going to get schemed up against a running back or a tight end, mm-hmm. maybe a slot receiver, but you know, having that uh, both sides knowledge, I think is important. Yeah. I tend to, I tend to agree with that. It does. It lends itself to success on either side. Um, all right. We're, we're going to get out of here in a minute or two. There's a big one coming Friday. I think it would behoove us to at least touch on it before we get out of here. Hakeem Williams, five-star wide receiver. In my opinion, he's the best wide receiver in the country um, based on all the guys I've seen. I know what Malachi Nelson or I can't think of the young man who's rated number one overall. I think Williams is with that size and speed potential. I I think he's just an absolute freak. Um, He's committing Friday. We maybe are going to do something like this again. Uh, that's kind of in the talks anyway. What time does he commit at? 2.30? 2, 2.30 p.m. around roughly, and that'll be on CBS Sports HQ okay. uh, as well. So there'll be a commitment okay. ceremony much like this one. And, yeah, if we're able to to do yeah. a, a watch for our party timing for wise, that as well. With our, yeah. <laughs> with our lives, it's kind of a weird time in the day to have something. So there, there, there are some hopes that we'll be able to do something like this again. We'll, we'll put that on the boards uh, if we are able to. Um, what's the chatter that's out there? There's been, I know, uh, Steve Wilfong put some stuff up on Knowles 24 seven a day. Uh, Ivan's just did as well. Yeah, I was going to say, Andrew Ivan's put something up recently. Yeah. What's the latest there? I, Ivan's went to Stranahan high school to catch up with the Hakeem today. Uh, and that is up on Knowles 24 seven. I'm scrolling through it now. Cause he just posted it like, we don't, want to give it all, we don't want to give it all away, but <laughs> pieces if we can. I, I think, so I, I said this on, uh, OTB well, yesterday, two days ago that I think the big development was that he was at Texas A&M for the Miami game this past weekend. And I'm confident in reporting that he left Texas A&M without silently committing. There, there was no, there was nothing. A&M was not able to close while he was there. And I think that's really big for Florida state. Cause I think Florida state was the favorite for Hakeem Williams at the end of the summer. I thought it was the favorite for Hakeem Williams after the LSU came. Definitely. And then the fact you're able to weather the storm of him going to Pitt and that being a loss and then him going to A&M and the start they've had to this season. Uh, right now, guys, I, I, 
no crystal balls. I think Florida State's in a really good spot for Hakeem Williams with a, a couple of days left before this all shakes out. I will say that FSU has done the best job recruiting Hakeem Williams, and the fact that FSU's had a vertical passing game that's been consistently effective through three games this year is huge. We, we can all agree. So you're that, telling Kevin's going to make a Tate Rodemaker joke. You're telling me Tate Rodemaker's landing, Hakeem? Hey, hey. Jordan said some too, buddy. Don't forget about Jordan. Listen, there is something to be said that it's like, because Jordan, he has one more year of eligibility left, but it's been well documented, reported that. Like, I think he would like for this to be his his last Mm -hmm. year. The fact that Tate Rodemaker was able to look beyond adequate, uh, actually really good for the second half against Louisville, that doesn't hurt at all to be like, oh, this guy might have something in the tank. I don't think that hurts. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but it was asked, do we know, do we know if Blake Nicholson is intending to enroll early? I believe the answer is yes. I will double check with him to be sure. Uh, We'll do an update here as a class continues to fill out of who we expect in December. The truth is nowadays it's most of them. Yeah. Yeah. And to add one one more thing with Blake Nicholson, this applies to Hakeem Williams as well. Both of those recruitments, regardless of what happens for Hakeem on Friday and and with what happened with Blake today, uh, Oregon's going to continue to probably be persistent for for Blake Nicholson. I think Florida State knows that they can't let their foot off the gas with Blake. So uh, just because today's a great day, uh, Friday might be a good day for Florida State. We'll see for for both of those guys. You're going to have to continue to play well during the season. You're going to have to close strong. Uh, I would imagine – NIL is going to be a factor in recruitment for prospects like that. So rising spear is 75% off. I think currently mm-hmm. uh, we don't get, get I think it was, the, the I think that actually was only for the weekend. Uh, you know what? If I Williams hey. pops, you might want to do another flash sale boys. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't disagree with you. But if yeah, it, not, it, it, it'll be a battle for both those guys until the bitter end, no matter what happens. Yep. We're, we, we're not paid by rising spear, but if you get an opportunity to, or you come in with a little money and want to be generous, Get over to Rising Spear and give that away because it's it's going to be needed here down the down the down the stretch as Brown Jacket Jimbo decides to <laughs> push all in on Hakeem Williams. So all right, real real quick on the two recruitments, mm-hmm. um, it's a good example of FSU understanding where they can battle and knowing when to pull the plug, and they've done a very good job in both of these. They've known all throughout what it would take to get Hakeem. They've positioned themselves very, very well for that. And with Blake, you know, you, you think you're recruiting a kid 3,000 miles away. There's a school recruiting them just down the road in Oregon. You know, a lot of people would shy away from that. FSU understood they could be in that until mm-hmm. the end, and they want it out in the end. I just think it kind of speaks to their – they're pretty good at being – I know they've been caught at times at the end with things not going their way. But in general, they are very aware of how they recruit, and they're good at that. And I think it is a credit to them as a staff – and an organization standpoint. Yeah. I think that's well said. And on that note, for Brendan Sinone, for Chris Nee, the big Blake Nicholson fan, for Kevin Little, and I'm Coach AB. We're going to get out of here. What a night. Blake Nicholson, Florida State Seminole commitment, four-star linebacker. Go Knowles. Have a great one. New CBS Monday. Federal agents. Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. New criminals to catch. On robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violin Island, we got it. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. 
Hey guys, on the bench here, latest, uh, latest of the one-on-one interview series, and I am here with the offensive coordinator, the offensive line coach of the three and O Florida State Seminoles, Coach Alex Atkins. Alex, you had any good victory cigars lately, Coach? <laughs> no, I mean, I've kind of had to cut back a little bit, you know, <laughs> do a better job of not smoking as many cigars as I used to. But no, man, it's it's been it's been it's been good. I respect. The healthy living choices, but man, if anybody's actually earned a victory cigar, it's been you guys three and oh, all hard fought victories. The one in Louisville, the 35 to 31 victory, was extremely impressive just because of all of the massive injuries that we suffered on Friday night. We mm-hmm. lost our starting offensive tackle, Robert Scott. We lost our starting quarterback, Jordan Travis. Tate Rodemaker came in the game and really had a great second half. Coach, when that happens, from an offensive coordinator standpoint, when you have a big injury to a a seminal piece of your offense, like Jordan Travis, do you stick with the game plan or do you immediately adapt um, what you're doing to make the new quarterback more comfortable? Well, the good thing about it is, is that, you know, Tate does a good job of understanding the complete game plan regardless. He takes a lot of reps in practice and we've seen Tate do a phenomenal job in practice. I just couldn't wait for him to showcase it, you know, and, and that's that's the part about believing in the young man from what we've seen so far. You know, people are not there every day in practice. Right. And, you know, so they, have, they only have the information they have to go by, which we understand, but we've seen them do these things. And, and and as far as changing the game plan, didn't have to do much. I mean, Tate understands it. He knows how to control it. And plus the offense is, is adjustable to whoever's in there regardless of position, whether it be O-lineman, quarterback, you know, it, it's built to be able to adjust to the players that are in the game. Absolutely, and it looked like a lot of the things that Tate was doing is stuff that we've seen Jordan Travis in the offense in years past do before, so not a, not a, massive, not a massive recalibration. What was that conversation like between you and Tate on the sideline when Jordan went down? Was it just, was it brief? Was there a pep talk before? What, what happened when we saw that Jordan was out? I was in the, we was in the, I heard Coach Novell tell him, hey, take a deep breath, let's go play. <laughs> How was, deep was that breath? Nah, it was, it was we have full faith in him. So it, it's very yeah. unique from inside to outside perspective because we, we were fine. Like, it was like, let's roll. Like, there was never, like, there was never a doubt moment or, because we've seen Tate perform. Like we've seen him do this in practice multiple right. times. I think it was reassuring for his confidence, but we had full belief. And I think so, too. I think the play calling really bore that out. I think one of his first series, there's a third and long. Tate was mm-hmm. slinging it the pass to Johnny Wilson. It was incomplete, but there was no hesitancy. The things that you were doing at the beginning of the game with Louisville, you continue to do with Tate at quarterback. So I think that that highlights that confidence you guys have in him. Mm-hmm. In your in your opinion, I mean, what are the what are the the parts of Tate's game that he's really the most confident, and that you're the most confident in him to execute? Well, the good thing about Tate is he he can he can manage the complete offense. Like it's not like Tate is not a new guy that just got here in January. He's been here the whole right the whole time we've been here, so he has a, a great mindset and approach and an understanding of the game plans. He takes a bunch of rep in practice, so it, it's not like a hey, what is what do we need to change and things like that. I think the great thing about Tate is, I mean, we know he can throw the football. I mean, he can he can throw the ball. He's accurate. You know, he can take. He's tough. He stands in the pocket, takes hits, and be able to deliver the ball. And he also makes the check. So, you know, there's not a huge adjustment or some type of, you know, legendary speech or anything like. That. <laughs> I mean, it's basically just having confidence in the work. He goes to work every day. And, yeah. You know, and and his confidence comes from the work. I'm just glad everybody got to see it. I think so too. And I think it's, it is, 
I guess it's good to know that there's not that big cinematic speech on the sideline. It's more of just, hey, man, go in and go to work. I'm sure you got a good one in you if you need it, though, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we like to think that because of the sensationalism of the movies and things like that, but, you know, it doesn't matter if he hadn't put the work in. That speech yeah. is is just a waste of words if you hadn't put the work and prepared the way you're supposed to do throughout the week and the summers and the off season. So, you know, I would like to think as coaches, we, we, we get a little bit in our feelings and ego. We think it was a speech or anything, but not. Nah, and that player <laughs> put the work in and he deserved the moment. That's awesome. That's a great way to put it. And he did, he, he did have a moment, especially that second half. Fantastic game. It was a shame that Jordan went down. Obviously we hope that he recovers swiftly because he was having a great game too. Throwing the ball, I thought it was interesting because Louisville's defense has shown um, difficulties with stopping the run. So I think a lot of people expected you guys to come out running the ball, establishing the dominance with the three backs. You guys relied a lot on Jordan's arm. Was that part of the game plan or was that just kind of riding the hot hand after Jordan made some a lot of really, really good passes in the first half? It goes back to, you know, the beginning where we say it's about us. Right. We don't, you know, of course, we, we, we study the opponent and we want to make sure we're putting our players in the best position. But we have to do what our guys do well. And we have to be able to execute at a high level in the things that showcase our players' ability. So we got some good big wideouts. You know, Jordan can throw the ball. His, his accuracy has been phenomenal. So it's more of, hey, what do we do well? And, and, and you know, where are the matchup problems? So, you know, I, I, of course, in this game, you know, there's only, you know, everything outside of it is they, what the defense can't do. We have to look at what we can do and, and what and what what our strengths are. And and like you said, who's playing up front? Um, like all that goes into it, you know, as far as the, t- t- the, the totality of the game plan. But now nah, Jordan is doing a phenomenal job and our guys did a good job. So no matter what, you know, the defense presents, we have to stay within the confine of what do we do well and make sure they're not taking that away. You talk about matchup problem. Uh, basically, in my head, I just saw Johnny Wilson flashing on a big, huge, like lighted up billboard in my head. What describe his evolution throughout the year? This is a guy transferred in from Arizona State. Mm-hmm. The knock on him from other people that didn't don't know him as well as you guys probably didn't study the film as much as there was inconsistencies, some drop problems. We have not seen any of that really this year. Speak about the evolution of Johnny and how much of an asset he is to the offense. Yeah, college football has kind of became very critical it's criticized kind of like the pro game mm-hmm. we forget sometimes that college is the development of a player johnny's young you know he's a sophomore so you know i'm glad i didn't get judged on my freshman year of college you know or ut martin go skyhawks you know, baby because i was red shirt and reading signs when i was a freshman you know and i never <laughs> reading the cards and telling me what the other team does and so if i'd have been judged in that point in my career also i'd, I'd have been in trouble so just like, you know, like like Jordan Travis, people criticize him early. Now, now, you know, they've seen the evolution. College is about development, you know. So, you know, of course, it's becoming like with the NFL where you get criticized in the moment exactly what happens, which is understandable. But also understand that these are 18-year-olds. They're going to complete all the way to their 22 years old. So, you know, Johnny's put the work in. I saw from the offseason. When he got here, he had his mind said that I came here for a purpose, and he's been fulfilling that purpose. But it doesn't work unless you apply the work from the beginning. It doesn't work unless you come in with that mindset to come, you know, be the best version of yourself. And I've seen him do that. So I was just glad, once again, that the outside world got to see the work he'd been putting in behind closed doors. Because that's what's going to show. It's not like some magic day right? we were surprised and everybody was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's catching these balls. It was business as usual. <laughs> we seen him do this in practice. 
Right. It's not Michael's secret stuff from Space Jam. It's like, no, no. he's like, I'm glad you guys get to see it. Like, we, we see it every day. The kid's a problem. It, it creates a good cinematic story and good retweets. But the reality of it is, is we fully expected him to perform because he's earned it with the work he's put in. And you talk about the evolution of players in the offense, evident through multiple of those guys. The, the evolution of the offense itself is interesting. I'd like to know, Alex, just kind of starting out. As you are elevated to the offensive coordinator this year, a job that you've done before at Charlotte, um, what are what are the influences that you've had from Tulane, from Charlotte, from your time as an all-conference guard at UT Martin? Like I said, go Skyhawks. Um, what are some of your offensive philosophies and influence that you've gotten to integrate into the overall Florida State offense this year? What have you what have you brought to the table that you've had in the past? Well, my goal is always to learn. You know, you know, as an O-line coach, and, I, and I'm not just speaking about me, but many O-line coaches, our job is to adjust to the scheme that's presented to make sure we can block whatever needs to be blocked. And that's kind of how my career started. And then as I evolved and started learning from really good coordinators, you know, from my time with Willie Fritz and Doug Roos, who was running the triple option at Georgia Southern, to pro style with Marcus Satterfield, who's the OC at South Carolina, to now with Coach Norvell, who has done it all. I mean, his offense right. fits from top to bottom of every landscape. So what I what I get to do is I just to get be a sponge and soak up all this information. And what we do here is we do a good job of, of, of kind of spreading the game plan amongst the staff. So everybody okay. has their personal responsibility or they're their, their basically their coordinated part of the game plan that we and we get in as a group and we apply it together. So I like Coach Novella's approach where everybody has a part in the game plan and you have your baby of what you're responsible for. And then we bring that in as a group and bring it as one you know, totality of the game plan. It also has to fit the players, you know. It's sure. Not, it's not about what I've done in the past and what I like to do is more of what have I done in the past that had a similar scheme or similar to the players that we have on the roster. So Coach Norvell, I mean, we take all ideas, all, and it is, it is a big group discussion, you know, and, and and then we kind of sling it out. And then once we walk out of the room, you know, we have a good plan that's going to you know, put our kids in the best position. Definitely has so far three and zero. What what are your particular responsibilities to that game plan? What what are the parts that you're responsible for? Well, you know, base. You know, of course, I'm still your O line coach. So I'm starting base protection, base run. You know, and then what basically it is is coaches come in and, and me and Coach Novella sitting there. We basically oversee the entire base run, base pass, shots. Sure. You know, situations and things like that. And and every coach has their little smart part that comes in, and basically we get I get to say so in pretty much all the. That's awesome. I love that. That's very collaborative. I really like that process. Uh, so as the O-line coach, I don't know what you've done. You seem like a great guy, but my goodness, dude, the injury luck is, I don't know if somebody like broke some glass, walked under a ladder. What's the morale of the offensive line group right now? A room that has stacked up a lot of really devastating injuries back to back to back. What's the morale of the unit? And are we starting to see some combinations in game that have gotten practice time together? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a part of the game. You know, we we always we say the injury rate in college football is 100. percent If you play this game long enough, <laughs> it's just the reality of it. Right. You see teams across the country kind of going through it. My job is to make sure when these moments happen, we've already prepared for them. We have a plan, so there's no shock or a moment of what we're going to do. They know what we're going to do. When a guy goes down, there's not like a discussion of who's going in. That guy's already strapped up and in the game. You know, and, and I've already prepared them. So my job is to make sure that person is getting enough reps to succeed. And that's the total of the offense. You know, it's not just O-line. It's all positions. Whether, you you know, we lost C.J. Campbell, you lose – whoever you lose, you have to make sure there's a plan in place. So that's why we stay up here, you know, all day and night, making sure there's contingency plans to whatever's going on. 
So our job is to give the players the confidence and the comfort that we have a plan no matter what happens. And, you know, I don't think it's a curse or anything like that. It's just a part of the game. Right. And it's just sometimes they stack up and that's why you guys spend all the time you do with the recruiting, the development, the transfer portal, the depth that you guys have built over the years has really paid itself off. Now, hopefully we can get some of these guys back and make your job a little bit easier. You still look well refreshed, but maybe like give Mr. Alex Atkins a little bit more sleep at the end of the night. Go easy on him. So we've got the thing about it is I don't have to block nobody personally. So (laughs) all right, to block people. Uh, you could, I think you still could. I think you could no, still hold up somebody. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. So as we wind down, Alex, you guys are 3-0. and You got a big home game up against Boston College. Mm-hmm. Give me your take on Boston's college, uh, Boston College's defense. What do they do well? What are you guys going to be looking out for? And then also anything, once you're done with that, anything specific you want to say to the Florida State fans as we wrap up this interview? Number one, Boston College is going to be tough. Man, it's, a, it's, a, it's a culture of toughness. Um, they, you know, they, they attack blocks very well. They do a good job of block destruction. And you remember, we played them last year, man. It came down to the final two seconds. That's right. So they're not going to stop, man. You know, and that was a tough game on the road. So we better we better strap those helmets up and come because they come to physical, they come to hit, and they come to tackle. So we better make sure we strapped up and ready to go. And, I mean, this is just the beginning. Coach Norvell keeps saying this is the beginning of our journey. This started last year, you know, so – we're just continuing to try to make sure we're improving throughout this. You know, we're, we're making sure we're process-based and not results-based. Right. You know, no matter what the result is, we have to be able to understand the process of our growth, our development, and our attacking each day and not wasting a moment because, you know, you, you have to be able to handle success and adversity. It's the same response, you know. So what are you going to do now? You know, what are we going to do today in practice? Today we, are, we don't have practice today, but what are we investing in in meeting room time, you know, and body care and recovery and things like that. So it doesn't stop. And we still got a long, long way to go. You know, we're still learning, still a bunch of mistakes, man. We, we better be, we better be working. I think we will. You got me fired up. I could hear you hitting the table while you were talking during that thing. And I, was, I was hitting, I was hitting my dashboard of my car, man. I am ready to go. Florida state is ready to go. We are three and zero, coach. I really, really appreciate your time. I know you got press conferences and a whole bunch of other work to do. So thanks for, Thanks for sitting down with a jabroni like me for 15 minutes, guys. This was another episode of the On the Bench interview series. Alex Atkins is putting in the work. So is Florida State. Hopefully we get to 4-0. I feel pretty good about it. See you guys later. documentary as we speak rap music on trial now streaming exclusively on paramount plus rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases every song every lyric every video that you've ever been involved with they're going to use against you follow rap artist kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system this artistic expression is a confession i'm ready roll the tape watch the eye-opening new documentary as we speak rap music on trial exclusively on paramount plus head to paramount plus.com to try it free terms apply